Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Harry Robertson from the Opinion and Analysis Desk. In October, Angela Merkel announced she would be stepping down as leader of the Christian Democratic Union, the party she has headed for nearly two decades. The race to succeed her is now well underway, says Guy Chazan, and with the victor likely to follow Miss Merkel as Chancellor of Germany, it has huge ramifications. Three candidates have emerged in a battle that will decide whether the party stays its centrist course or turns decisively to the right. In a cavernous hall in the East German town of Halle, three politicians make their pitch to a crowd of 800 Christian Democrats. One is a diminutive mother of three with outsized glasses, another a 38-year-old gay man, and the third a millionaire lawyer. Welcome to the battle for the soul of the CDU. To thunderous applause, the lawyer Friedrich Mertz says, Everyone who comes to this country must commit themselves to our Christian Western culture. We have values and they hold true. Halle is the fourth stop in an eight-city tour by the three candidates to succeed Angela Merkel as leader of the Christian Democratic Union, a party that has ruled Germany for 49 of the last 69 years. Like many CDU members, Jens Gröger from the nearby town of Wettin says he is wavering between Mr. Merz and the small bespectacled lady in the blue blouse and grey jacket, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, universally known as AKK. He says Mr. Merz, quote, has the best leadership qualities, but AKK is more popular with the general public, and that's ultimately what matters. The eight public hustings, the last of which takes place in Berlin on Friday, represent an unprecedented exercise in democracy for a party that normally chooses its leaders behind closed doors. Organisers have frequently had to switch to bigger venues to cope with soaring demand for tickets. Tino Zorga, a CDU MP for the city of Magdeburg near Halle, says, It's not typical for us to have such a wide range of candidates for party leader. The interest from members is absolutely huge. That's not surprising. At stake is the future direction of one of Europe's most successful political parties. The choice faced by the 1,001 delegates who gather in Hamburg on December the 7th to elect Mrs Merkel's successor is this. Should the CDU continue on her moderate, middle-of-the-road course, appealing to as broad a spectrum of voters as possible, even those who might normally vote for the Greens or left-of-centre Social Democrats? Or should it make a decisive break with the Merkel era and refashion itself as a robustly conservative party? The delegate's choice could have huge ramifications for the politics of both Germany and Europe. Whoever wins will be odds-on favourite to replace Miss Merkel as Chancellor and so become the EU's most powerful leader. Depending on the outcome of the election, that could happen sooner rather than later. Few expect Miss Merkel to survive as Chancellor to the end of her fourth term in 2021 if Mr Merz is chosen as the CDU's next leader, 
given the mutual antipathy between the two. That means early elections and a new government coalition, possibly with the Greens. Andrea Römmler, professor for communication and politics at the Hertie School of Governance in Berlin, says, Hamburg will set the future course not only of the CDU, but of the whole German political system. Ms. Merkel announced her decision to step down as party leader in October, a day after elections in the western state of Hesse that saw the CDU's share of the vote shrink by 11 percentage points. Mr. Mertz, Ms. Kramp-Karrenbauer and Jens Spahn, a young conservative who had long opposed Ms. Merkel's immigration policies and is currently health minister, immediately announced their decision to run. From the very start, all eyes were on Mr. Mertz a man with legendary status on the right of the CDU. He had once been a rising star in the party, but Ms Merkel squeezed him out as leader of the opposition in 2002, and seven years later he quit the Bundestag to pursue a career in business. Mr Merz, who is chairman of BlackRock Germany and sits on the boards of several companies, portrayed himself as the candidate of change and renewal. But he also seemed to hark back to a pre-Merkel era when the CDU was more conservative and the dividing lines between the main parties were clearer. The CDU needed to, quote, clarify its brand, he told a packed news conference on the day he announced his candidacy, and present a clear political profile. The CDU was electrified. For many, Mr Mertz had been the party's great white hope, a brilliant orator, economic reformer, and muscular defender of traditional conservative virtues. For these members, he was the best chancellor Germany never had. Christoph Ploss was one of a group of starstruck young CDU MPs who met Mr. Mertz earlier this month. He says, A lot of people of my generation joined the CDU because of people like him. He has real charisma. In his first public appearances, Mr. Mertz promised to restore the CDU's status as the party of law and order and a strong state. He came back again and again to Ms. Merkel's fateful decision to keep Germany's borders open during the refugee crisis of 2015 and let in more than a million migrants. People had, he said, begun to feel that the state had, quote, lost control. That's why so many of them were voting for the Alternative for Germany, a far-right anti-Islam party that is now represented in all 16 of the country's regional parliaments. His mission, he said was to win them back for the CDU. Speaking at the first public hustings in the northern town of Lübeck, he promised to, quote, get the party back to 40% and halve the AFD. Conservatives were enthused. Sylvia Pantel, a CDU MP, said, he's independent and a bit of a maverick. I'm also glad that he says out loud that traditional values and national identity are important. They are things that have been really neglected in the last few years. But there was also some scepticism about his candidacy, particularly among moderates and Merkel loyalists. Daniel Günther is one of them. CDU Prime Minister of the northern region of Schleswig-Holstein, he is a centrist who believes the only way for the CDU to remain a Volkspartei, or Big Tent People's Party, is to stay anchored in the political centre ground and avoid sudden lurches to the right or left. He says... I don't think it helps us when candidates say they want to emphasise the CDU's core brand, adding, you don't become a Volkspartei by reducing yourself to your core brand, but by being as diverse and inclusive as possible. With his rejection of the Merkel legacy, Mr Merz is the antithesis of that. Mr Günther says, 
For me, the big unanswered question is how inclusive will he be as a leader, whether he'll be able to hold the party together. In recent days, the moderates' doubts about Mr. Mats have intensified. The lawyer upset many in the CDU this month by appearing to call into question Germany's constitutional right to asylum. The two other candidates quickly denounced the idea. The right to asylum was sacrosanct, a post-war response to Germany's horrific Nazi past. The conservative Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung said Mr. Merz had, quote, made a fool of himself and showed the party his Achilles heel, his long absence from politics, which had desensitized him to the potential clangers lying on his path. The gaffes continued. He criticized the CDU for having accepted the AFD's stunning rise with a, quote, shrug of the shoulders. AKK called that a, quote, slap in the face of CDU members, and accused her rival of naivety. Then there was the embarrassing interview with the mass circulation Bildzeitung, when he refused to admit that he was a millionaire and insisted he was only upper middle class. Considering he earns €125,000 a year just for his job at BlackRock, the remark caused much hilarity. One senior CDU MP says, He had so much political capital at the start of the campaign, and he's used it all up with these blunders. Mr. Mertz's strong focus on immigration and asylum has also backfired. The MP says, whenever he talks about it, the AFD goes up in the polls. A lot of people in the party are wondering if we can ever win if we keep repeating the same old arguments. So far, Ms. Kramp Karrenbauer has been the main beneficiary of Mr. Mertz's missteps. A 56-year-old who served as Prime Minister of the small western state of Saarland, she has, unlike Mr. Mertz, sought to draw a line under the refugee crisis and focus on other issues of more immediate concern to voters, such as housing, education and the future of the German car industry. She has also tried to stress her role as a unifier who can reach beyond the CDU's traditional constituencies, an important consideration in a country where elections are traditionally won in the political centre. While Mr Mertz is the hero of the CDU's economic liberals, She is from its pro-union, left-leaning, social wing. She was a firm backer of the national minimum wage, higher income tax rates, quotas for women in German boardrooms, and an end to nuclear power, before such views became mainstream in the CDU. In a recent interview with the Frankfurter Allgemeine, she said Christian social teaching was, quote, part of her DNA. AKK has also tried to broaden the CDU's appeal by calling for measures to make life easier for working parents trying to juggle family and career. The conservative answer can't be that of the 1950s, she said in an interview with German Radio earlier this year. She herself has explained how she and her husband resolved the issue. He stayed at home to look after their three children when she began to earn more than him. Experts say she is the most likely of the three contenders to preserve Miss Merkel's legacy, Yet she is no Merkel clone. Kirsten Dunst, her biographer, says she's combative and in quite a lot of issues quite polarizing. You can't say she's just a smaller version of Merkel. That can be seen in her approach to the vexed issue of integration. Like Mr. Mertz and Mr. Spahn, she insists that the refugees who have streamed into Germany since 2015 learn German and adopt German values. In Halle, she recounted the story of a group of Muslim migrants at a reception centre in Saarland, who refused to accept food from female staff. She told them they had a choice, take the food or go hungry. 
She also told the Haller audience that asylum seekers who turn to crime must be deported and, quote, never again set foot on European soil. It's a delicate balancing act, but so far the tactic of staying firmly in the Merkel camp while taking every opportunity to emerge from her shadow seems to be working. Delegates meeting in Hamburg on December the 7th will then face a choice between continuity and change. Among them are business-friendly liberals and dyed-in-the-wool conservatives who were thrilled by the prospect of Friedrich Merz winning Ms Merkel's crown. But the delegates also include elected officials, mayors, town councillors and MPs from both regional parliaments in the Bundestag who have an interest in maintaining the status quo and could lean to AKK. Such people, says Michael Brücker, author of a recent biography of Jens Spahn, have one goal, to ensure they remain in office. He says, They will elect a party chief who can secure the majorities they need. They're not interested in a vision of a new dawn and rebellion. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this Big Read podcast, you can subscribe on all the usual channels. If you're not already an FT subscriber, visit ft.com forward slash offer for our latest subscription offers. This episode was produced by Harry Robertson. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.